Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Those kids, I put their hands on a real chef's knife with a real steel blade, and I say, let's do it. And if you cut yourself, it's not the end of the world. And I also teach them that a sharper knife is going to be safer than a dull knife. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If you've ever tried to cook with a child, then you know that the experience can be a hot mess, literally. But today, help is on the way. Thank you for eating up the latest episode of The Zest. WUSF Public Media also offers a delicious podcast focused on arts and culture in the Sunshine State. The Arts Access Florida podcast highlights arts and cultural organizations right here in Florida. Learn more about these unique institutions, how you can be a part of upcoming events, and so much more. For a culturally enriching experience, subscribe to the Arts Access Florida podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or visit artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L dot org. Thanks to our founding sponsor, Community Foundation Tampa Bay. It's spring break season, the perfect time to slow down and teach the kids in our life a thing or two in the kitchen. But first, Wendy Wesley is here to teach us adults a thing or two about cooking with kids. Wendy is a registered and licensed dietitian and nutritionist based in St. Petersburg. She's also a repeat Zest guest who always brings the most amazing tips, and she's my personal spirit animal in the kitchen. I channel her often. In addition, Wendy is a mom, and she teaches classes for home cooks of all ages. I love restaurants. I think that today we rely too much on others to prepare our food, either through traditional sit-down restaurants, fast casual, food delivery to the home, fast food, uh, prepared food in grocery stores. And I think for the, the health of our nation, we have to get back into the kitchen and we have to cook more at home for our health. And we need to bring up this next generation of home cooks. I love that. Let's jump into your tips. Where do we start? Well, I have done a lot of teaching of, of children and I've made quite a few mistakes. And so my tips are hopefully so you don't make um, these mistakes. The first one is actually, I haven't made, I've never made this mistake. It's, I want you to talk to kids like they are adults. I don't want you to pander to kids. I don't want you to kind of, you take the knife and you cut it like this. And I want you to talk to them the way I'm talking to you. And I got this tip from a high school English teacher who said, never talk to babies like babies. Don't talk to kids like kids. Talk to them like they're adults. I've had great results when I talk to kids like they are adults. They, they kind of, they sit back up and they listen and they take the lesson seriously because I am taking them seriously. I don't insult their intelligence and that we are in this together and we are each going to speak in an adult manner. I feel very passionately about that. Man, you could preach a whole sermon on that right there in terms of the way we interact with our kids. 
What's next? I think it's very, very important to take the time to explain why you're doing something. When I'm teaching adults diabetes or cardiac disease or kidney diets, I always try and take the time to explain the why because it increases compliance. It's one thing to say, you just need to cut your salt. But when I explain why, then compliance is increased. It's the same with teaching kids to cook. You explain the why. I'll give an example. When we make a salad, we take the spoon and we scrape out the inside of a cucumber. We scrape out that, all that water and we scrape out those seeds. I need to explain why. And the reason is we don't want to dilute the salad dressing. We don't want our salad to be soggy because that's where the majority of the water in the cucumber sits, is in the middle. And so we take the time to explain the why, and then it causes kids to ask more questions and to further explain the bigger question of why. Well, what else should I remove? And then so I had a kid once say, does that mean we need to take the gel and the goo out of the middle of a tomato? You know what? You're right, because that's where the majority of the water sits in the tomato. Same with, I say, the reason we don't add garlic at the same time as we do our onions and peppers is because our garlic will scorch. And when our garlic scorches, it gets bitter and then it doesn't cook and we don't get that sweet kind of savory, lovely garlic. And so taking time to explain the why increases compliance and it also makes kids curious for what else. You could write a parenting book. Because the second tip relates to the first tip. If an adult asked why, we wouldn't say, I'm the authority, just trust me. We would explain why. But when kids ask why, we get an attitude, we grow impatient. And maybe this is one of your other tips, but it seems like we cannot be in a hurry if we're going to cook with kids. Yeah, absolutely. This is short-term pain, long-term gain, okay? So it's a little painful right now to stop and and explain why it takes longer to make a meal, but we're going to get long-term gains out of this because we are going to bring up, like I said, the next generation of cooks who will find love and passion and joy in the kitchen, and that's what we want. Yeah, I've seen that. My stepdaughter was seven when I met my husband and she's now 22, almost 23. And taking the time to cook with her, even like a smoothie in the Vitamix or something, and now to watch her cook whole meals. And it's it's, it's like a full circle moment, proud stepmom moment. Okay, so those are the first two tips and we could stop right there, but let's keep going. Tell them that you are going to cut yourself and you are going to burn yourself. It is going to happen (laughs) and it's okay and nobody's going to die. So uh, I was teaching a a kid and uh, he was, you know, using one of the knives on a carrot and I thought, oh, this is making me nervous. Anyway, he did. He cut himself and then he, he panicked and I said, all right this is okay. This happens. We wrapped a towel around his finger and then we elevated his hands. And I said, so, and I, again, here comes the why you are applying pressure to the wound, which stops the bleeding. You're elevating the arm. Okay. And it's okay. Relax. Don't panic. Don't panic. And he was okay. And he wore it as like a badge of honor. I said, you know what? You're cooking. You cut yourself. You'll do it again, but you got through your first one. Let's get back to the lesson, back in the saddle. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Oh, I love that. This is such a, the kitchen is a place for life lessons. My daughter, she's nine, and she's very skittish. 
she's okay with knives now, but she does not want to use the stove. She does not want to take things out of the oven. And I'm happy to let her do those things. So how do I convince her that she should just jump in there? Well, I would um, put something very small with good handles and very lightweight into the oven and make it a practice. I think what we're getting to is the bottom line is we want kids to walk away from every cooking experience feeling successful and confident. And, and no tears, no stress, no drama, no yelling. You want the kids to say, wow, that wasn't so bad. I'm ready to go back in and do it again. Yeah, that should be the sign everybody has in their kitchen. No drama, no yelling, no stress. <laughs> Not the like live, laugh, love. What else do you have for us? Talking about cuts, let them use knives. Let them use knives. Because, I mean, we don't, you don't cook without knives, okay? Nobody cooks without knives, especially if we're going to eat foods that are very, very nutritious, with deep nutrition, with high fiber fruits and vegetables. You just got to use knives. And so there's, there are these fantastic serrated nylon knives for the toddler set where they can really get in and cut lettuce and cut things, and they're not going to hurt themselves, okay? But then the older kids, 8, 9, and 10, those kids, I put their hands on a real chef's knife with a real steel blade, and I say, let's do it. And if you cut yourself, it's not the end of the world. And I also teach them that a sharper knife is going to be safer than a dull knife. And then getting into the gore of the cut, a cut made with a sharp knife bleeds less, heals faster, because we have we have these fine edges that match up during the healing process instead of these ragged edges that and you can get into the anatomy of a cut. And boy, we're talking about blood and guts and kids love it. That's true. What kid doesn't love blood and guts? Now, you talked about <laughs> knives for toddlers. So do you think there's an age? I know you have a son. How old is your son now? And at what age did you start cooking with him? He's 15 now. And so around eight is when we started. And I have some photos. The first time he used my chef's knife, I was I was nervous. But it's almost like, you know, you take little kids skiing and they, they're fearless. That's how kids are with knives. They're fearless. And it can be kind of scary, but you, you just got you got to let it go. And then also I'm teaching, for instance, I teach kids to create a flat surface. So if you're cutting a potato, that first cut is kind of wonky because the potato is round, but then you get a flat surface. And I teach adults this too, cut flat, cut flat, find a flat surface in a carrot, find a flat surface in an onion or a potato and cut flat. And you'll, you'll feel more confident and move faster. Move faster. Oh, that's counterintuitive. That's kind of like riding a bike. I tell my son that with riding the bike, like the faster you move, the less wobbly you'll be. <laughs> right, right. But moving fast in the kitchen is also about finding joy in the kitchen because when we're, we're moving fast and we're finding efficiency and flow, we find joy. And then cooking is not such a terrible, arduous task. It is joyful. Hmm. Try and incorporate science into the lessons as much as you can. Again, that's getting back to explaining the why. Why do we put a lid on the water to boil? Because it will boil faster. Water boils faster in a closed system with a lid on than a, an open system. So that's kind of explaining a little bit of, of science. Why does it take more time to roast a potato than an onion? Onions contain more water they will cook faster than a potato that has less water. So again, we're kind of 
introducing science into cooking because cooking is science and science is cooking. They are just, they're peas and carrots. They're, they're, they're together forever. And so um, I, I think it's important to explain the, the why and the science behind cooking. Yeah. And that's something I've been thinking about lately, especially when my kids were home with me earlier in the pandemic, you know, you're trying to make everything educational. And so there's a lot of math in cooking fractions and things like that. And of course, science, any other tips? Right. In the beginning, when you're starting out, I mean, this probably goes without saying, but let's choose a recipe that's very, very simple. Okay. Not a lot of ingredients, not a lot of steps, not a lot of involved techniques. For instance, um, if you want to make French fries, so you could uh, work on, you cut the potatoes, salt them, and then put them in some oil in a frying pan. And then you have French fries that taste like the ones you get in the restaurant. It's not the healthiest thing in the world, right? Because we're frying potatoes. But from start to finish, that's a pretty easy, low-tech recipe, right? So we want to pick something that's not going to overwhelm kids because they can lose attention. So we want to keep their attention start, middle, and end. Maybe you're going to make a salad. Don't do a 10-ingredient salad. Do a three-ingredient salad, okay? Or buying, uh, say, grocery store pizza dough. So the dough is already made, and then the lesson comes from the sauce and prepping the toppings and grating the cheese. And maybe that's just the lesson is we prep the onions and the peppers or the mushrooms that go on top and we grate the cheese. And that's the lesson. So the kids walk away saying, I made homemade pizza when really you bought the dough. So, you know, using some shortcuts to get kids fired up about what they're making and feeling good and successful, um, that's very, very important. I still buy my pizza dough. And honestly, I think that's good advice for anyone who's deciding between cooking at home and getting takeout. If you can have some of those shortcuts, you might be more inclined to make the rest of the meal at home. Now, I know that spring break is upon us and a lot of us might be home with our kids or maybe some of us are working from home and have a little bit more time. What makes maybe spring break or even summer break a good time to dive in? Well, we've got this uninterrupted period of time, perhaps in the middle of the day, to really devote some a couple of hours to a real lesson. It might be more difficult after school and after work if you're trying to get dinner on the table to to do these lessons. So this is the perfect time, spring break and summer, to have some uninterrupted two or three hours to do it. And I think it's very important to let the kids pick the recipe. So you, you're online or you're looking through books, and then try not to force a super healthy recipe on the kids. It's okay to make hamburgers, but just the idea, you buy the meat, form the patties, cook them in the pan, explain why the pan should be hot when the meat goes in, the different doneness. There's lots of lessons in a hamburger. Toasting the bun, maybe preparing some lettuce or some onion to go on it. There's a lot of lessons in something very, very simple like a hamburger or French fries. Don't go into it thinking we have to have a very, very healthy lesson. You know, cooking is, is the world of cooking is vast and not everything you make is a kale salad. Thank God. I'm surprised to hear you say that, but also happy to hear you say that. I let my daughter sometimes scroll through Pinterest and pick a recipe. And a few months ago, she wanted to make crepes, which super high level of difficulty. I had never even made crepes. And for dinner that night, we had crepes stuffed with fruit and Nutella and all kinds of things. Not the healthiest dinner in the world, but she was so proud. So I, you're affirming my choice. The main objective 
the main objective is to create good feelings and memories around cooking and, and whatever gets you there, do it, do it. Oh, I love that. Okay. Last question. And anything else you'd want to add? You talked about the knives and how there are toddler knives and then older kids can just use regular knives. Are there any other tools you think would be helpful? For instance, I'm thinking about a step stool. My kids can't help me in the kitchen without a step stool. Is there anything else that might be helpful? I think that a uh, step stool, absolutely. Um, if every kid has their own apron, then you put on the apron and that makes them feel, you know, like official. Or if you, even if you just take a, a kitchen towel and you, you put it in the waistband of their shorts or their pants, that feels, you know, very, very, you know, official in kitchen. So um, that can be fun if you want to get the chef's hats to make it a more fun lesson. Take lots of pictures. If you're okay with it, if they're okay with it, post it on social media so they feel proud and other people in their community are liking it and, and sharing it, that, that this is happening. All of that just builds this confidence and this happiness. My, my goal is joy in the kitchen, joy in the kitchen. Yes, that is your mantra. I love your tips. I'm always feeling so inspired after I talk to you. Wendy, is there anything else you wanted to add? I do, and this is very important. Kids need to participate in the cleanup. They must. We don't want to create little princes and princesses in the kitchen who just come in and do the fun stuff and then toddle off and let the adults do the cleanup. Part of cooking is cleaning. So you can give them age appropriate jobs, wipe the counter, take out the trash, put the ingredients away. Maybe it's not the, you know, the hard pan scrubbing, leave that to the adults, but all kids must participate in cleanup. Otherwise, you're creating a situation that doesn't exist in the real world. The real world is we cook, we clean. That's the real world. And that's and, and also making part of the cleanup part of the joy is getting the kitchen back to its original state where you can sit back and say, oh, I love my kitchen. Isn't it, isn't it nice and clean and inviting? And that's also part of finding joy in the kitchen. Oh, that's good. I'm guilty of just letting my kids walk away. Leave me alone. I'll clean up the dishes while I listen to music or something. But that's that's good. So start to finish. They need to be involved. Wendy, thank you so much. These are great tips. And as we look towards spring break and summer break, we can do a little bit more. We can we can all do better in the kitchen for our modeling for our kids and, you know, for ourselves. I love coming on The Zest. I love this podcast. I love talking about food, thinking about food. And, and it's just, a, it's a very important message to, to people. I'm so passionate about home cooking and, and cooking in general. So this is cool. Thanks. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Always an easy guest. Always make my job so easy. <laughs> so thanks. That was the always motivational Wendy Wesley. She's a registered and licensed dietitian and nutritionist based in St. Petersburg. And you can find some of our previous conversations with Wendy on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. This week, we had help from Chandler Balcom and Mark Hayes. Our intern is Hannah Abdel-Majid. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2022.